Hey friend, it's David Nabinski here in Brooklyn. Here at Portfolio Career Podcast, we help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design the life that you want to live. In 2018, I was a student in Seth Godin and Alexander De Palma's podcasting workshop, the first ever cohort. It was transformational. I was later honored to serve as a coach in that cohort-based course for three additional sessions. Building upon this experience, in the summer of 2021, I was honored to serve as a coach for another cohort-based course. This course was designed and produced by Maven, a startup co-founded by Gagan Biani, Shreyans Bahansali, and Wes Kale. Wes was a prior guest of the show, and you can learn more about Maven at maven.com. This episode talks about my experience with two other coaches that were in this same course with me, that served as coaches with me in this cohort-based course as contractors in the summer of 2021. You will hear from JP King and Catherine Roan. They are rock stars and such an honor to work with them, to learn from them and have a lot of fun along the way. In this episode, you'll learn what it is like to be a coach in a cohort-based course, also known as CBCs, which you'll hear us reference CBCs in this episode, how we grew professionally through the cohort-based course, the different types of coaches in a cohort-based course, and how cohort-based courses are growing ecosystems filled with opportunities professionally, and of course, at the core, learning for the students. As always, this episode with Timestamp Notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There, you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which has the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced job opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with JP and Catherine. Uh, One place I want to start is uh, what do you all love about CBCs? Um, Catherine, maybe go go first. And CBC is a cohort-based course. Would love to hear what you uh, love about them. You know what is really funny? Before actually coming into Maven, I didn't really, I didn't know much about the world of CBCs until I came across, you know, Wes's writing and people starting to talk about it. But what I really appreciate about it now is just like, I love the having people around me aspect, you know, the community aspect of it. And I guess having a background as a teacher, that's what I love the most about teaching, you know, being around students and being around people who genuinely just want to learn with you and go through the same experiences. I think that for me is my favorite part of it. What about you, JP? Yeah. You know, before Maven, the CBC cohort based course lingo was, you know, on unfamiliar territory. Um, but when the pandemic hit and university teaching shifted online, I, I spent the past year basically running a cohort-based course, you know, unbeknownst to me. Um, and, and, and what I loved was just that, like, there was this real ease of learning side by side from the comfort of our own homes. And I know that that really challenged a lot of students, but when instructors figured out how to really like leverage technology and process and varied teaching formats into CBCs, I think suddenly it, it became like a really compelling and exciting format. And so then moving into the, my coach role in, uh, in Maven 2, how to build a cohort-based course, um, I think what was most compelling was that, yeah, like, 
like Catherine said, like I'm surrounded by people from all over the world who have like interests and like, I'd have never met you before, like otherwise, right? So, you know, discovering that there are like a hundred people out there who are like just as enthused about learning and course creation as me, um, but that I'd have never run into you in my day-to-day -day life. That That's like, it's such a magical experience to like collide across the planet with other other like-minded people yeah I, I think for me that one of the things that i love is the like the activation energy and kind of like the the force of the cbc and it kind of like pulls you with it and you get kind of hooked on it and um you know so my first cbc experience was in 2018 which was how to start and launch a podcast and here we are um and so you know, I had an idea that I wanted to, to, to start a podcast. I wasn't like, I hadn't, I hadn't had it in my mind for that long, you know, but then I like signed up for this course. I was like, oh, this would be perfect to kind of describe a new view, uh, a new uh, worldview of mine. And then once I was in the CBC and it was like, wow, like there's 300 plus people all trying to go from idea to launch or zero to one at the same time, all around the world, as both of you all were talking about, I was like, this is magical. Um, and so for me, that's just been, it was like one of those things, like once you see, you can't unsee. Right. And I think we like, sometimes we can kind of forget some of those like big moments that happened. And, and so I've just been kind of really grateful to be able to still be a part of these CBCs. And obviously now there's going to be more and more. Um, so I think that's what I kind of love about it is like, see small little worlds, these small little places of possibility, uh, places of true connection and community um, with like magical learning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like your point that there's this like pretty profound momentum to the CBC and like, it's almost infectious. Like I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And two weeks in, it was like, I'm embarrassed to say it was like almost all I could like think about. I was like, eat, sleep, dream, Maven coaching. That's embarrassing. Um, no, you just, you know, you, you, I'm revealing my values and priorities in life. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm proud of that. It was, uh, it was really compelling. And, and so this, that was your, so then that was your first CBC experience then, right? Yeah. You know, I, I had done like a little bit of work as a designer for a healthcare retreat that ran as a cohort based program. So, you know, I had sort of dabbled in online cohorts, but not, not in the model that Maven was putting forward and not in the model that seems to be growing in popularity. How about, how about you, Catherine? Do you have previous CBC experience? No, not at all. Like um, to me, what was really exciting when I first thought about it was the concept of uh, looking at education from a different lens. You know, like I'm where most of us are so used to looking at it from a traditional, you go to school, like, the structure of the school or you go to school to learn about teaching and those are the people who come back to teach and it's really interesting to me that this is a different lens of taking people who are really passionate and are experts in that field and bringing and pulling that out of them to teach more people that to me is really exciting because you no longer have to be you know a quote-unquote teacher you can you know put yourself alongside people who have those expertise of you know teaching and designing curriculum and bringing the joy and the excitement and the enthusiasm from the expert out and kind of sharing that is something that's very different to being in a traditional school and being taught from a teacher who is taught to teach. 
Do you know what I mean? So for me, that was what was really exciting. Totally, totally. Like traditional education tends to have this like really obligatory quality to it. And in a sense, like students are kind of like a captive audience of this authority figure who is the teacher. But then in CBCs, you've got like really enthusiastic and skilled experts, and then people who genuinely legitimately like want to be there. And David, I feel like that kind of speaks to the like enthusiasm that you've been experiencing in CBCs over the past few years is that the people who are running them and the people who are attending them are like genuinely engaged in and believe in the possibility of student transformation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing, um, so I guess like you touched, touched upon about a little bit of JP, but like kind of like the role of, of coaching and CBCs. And, um, the, my first experience as a coach in a CBC was, you know, that class that I, the CBC that I was a student in, then the next session that I was a coach in. And that was really cool. Cause it was like, I just was a student, then I graduated, and then I was um, got the honor to then serve as a coach. And I was like, I just was a student like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> like, you know, what what do you, um, you know, like, you know, ton of imposter syndrome of like, how do I? What do you mean, coach this? Like, I I'm still figuring this out. And I think like that's one of the things I wanted to talk the three of us because we had this shared experience of like, you know, we all had these kind of different backgrounds and, and different experiences. But at the end of the day, when I think the things that I think started to work or started to click was like, when I was being like, I hate to say this, but like a human, like, you know, whether it's Catherine with her, you know, her gifts, you know, and, and just like having fun with it and stuff. And that's what it's supposed to be. And so I think like, when you sometimes you think of like a coach, you think more of like change your form to be this or fix this or, you know, a, a little bit different than um, or like ask questions or a li little bit different than kind of the instructor, but still kind of serious in nature. But I think what was really cool or what I, um, you know, I think got lucky to do is like, you know, the more you can make it fun and make it enjoyable uh, for both sides, like that's 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 the role. And I think that that can be kind of surprising. Um, and I, I think through this experience, I kind of saw that again was when I was coaching before, like making it enjoyable for everybody was great. And I think that was really perceived as, as helpful. And then this, similarly in this experience with a lot of different, more people. And, and, um, I was like, once I started to realize like, it's a similar type of thing, like help people have fun, answer questions, connect people. And I think that was a, a surprise for me with this experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I feel like what's kind of profound about coaching in a CBC as compared to like a more traditional learning environment is that there is this emphasis on like making things fun on, on like being supportive and encouraging and like maybe even at times like a little bit silly or like inviting more of your personality into play. Um, you know, I found it pretty illuminating. Rachel Kai, our course manager at one point said that there are three types of coaches. She said, there's a hype coach, there's a facilitator, and then there's the TA. And each one of these people plays a different role, right? Like Catherine, I really felt like you were a hype coach. Like I saw you like boosting people and, and, you know, encouraging them on calling out their achievements and successes, like rooting for them from the side, like like you would think uh, a good baseball coach would do, right? Um, and then 
David, like I saw you in many ways as a facilitator. You were like constantly trying to like establish connections and build community and bring people together. Um, and it's, you know, it's funny that we're here and I'm thinking this way because I feel like I kind of played the role of the TA as like person who was there to like give detailed feedback and hold my students or instructors hands and help them like unpack some of the learning and, and you know, give them line edits on their text and copy. Um, but I think that we probably all played each of those roles, you know, in, in different measure. And, and that's like not something you'd ever get in a university or college classroom. Like I think back to the TAs that I had and like, they feel like their souls had been sucked out of them somehow. And like my teachers seemed kind of bored. There were moments that they were lively and illuminated, but, but the like instructional enthusiasm that comes from, from CBC instructors as well as then coaches is just like, it's, it's otherworldly. Yeah, Catherine, did, did I get that right? You're, are you you're a hype coach? Yeah, no, I love, I love what you guys have been saying. I'm most definitely, I think, you know, building on from what both of you are saying, it's the, the common theme there is just having that human touch, right? Having that human connection and going into it, you know, as I mentioned before, and similar to you, JP, it's like, this is the first time I've really delved into properly a CBC. So what does a coaching role look like? You know, is it because I'm leaning into my strengths as, you know, curriculum design and, you know, learning design? Or what is it, what do they need from me? And I guess I also had a moment of like, oh, imposter syndrome, because there's all these things we have to talk about, landing pages, marketing, sales, all of these things. But I, I guess at the end of the day, we just needed to understand how we adapted as coaches to be able to support every single instructor in there to grow in some way, shape or form. And it didn't necessarily have to be in curriculum design where my strengths were, but I felt like that in itself also challenged us to grow as coaches too, because we ended up having to best find the way to support every instructor in a way that they needed support, not in the way that we wanted to give it because we were confident in our own sphere. So I think that was really quite interesting. And making that human connection, I think, made that a lot easier to do, you know, because every instructor knew that every single coach, not only their own coach, but the whole coaching team was on their side. And so that just made it a lot easier for us to be able to do whatever it took. And, and no matter how weird it seemed um, to be able to support students, uh, instructors, sorry, to, you know, leave a bit better than when they came. Yeah. Do you, this... Um... I love how you're thinking about this of like, there's the human element and um, ultimately, you know, we're, we're serving the, the people that, you know, our customers, our clients, et cetera, um, and whatever best way is useful to them. Um, and it also kind of sounds like, you know, we all kind of went through a little bit of a mini transformation and, you know, kind of came out of it on the other side with maybe some new different kind of worldviews or different um, feelings about our own strengths or our own skills or our own positioning in the marketplace for for roles or gigs or something like that. Is that kind of fair to say? And like, has kind of that opened up new possibilities, even though obviously this was a shorter experience, but like, how is that kind of, and, and, and CBCs are also very intense too. So like you can quickly like learn new skills and, and kind of come out of it with a whole new perspective. Um, but how, how does that how do you all think about like, wow, after this, like now I feel like 
I could create my own course or, you know, or I could do, you know, be a course manager or, you know, and any thoughts on, on that? I'm happy to jump in there. Um, I mean, I, I confess, I think like you guys, I came in with a sense of imposter syndrome as well. I was like, who, who am I to be a coach? Do I really have the like expertise that these people are going to need? And when I interviewed for the job, uh, at the very end, Rachel asked me, you know, do, do you have any questions? And I was like, oh gosh, I really want this job. What, what makes an ideal Maven coach? And she stopped and she was like, that's a good question. There is no such thing as an ideal Maven coach. We're figuring it out. Each coach is going to do their own thing and that will be their strength. And, and I was kind of awestruck by that. Like that there isn't a, like a perfect model for what we're doing. And I think that that really speaks to like the human element that, that Catherine and David, you guys are both like leaning into here is that each of us as individuals comes at this with our own curiosities, our own enthusiasms and engagements, right? And just as much as I was a coach in that course, like I was a student and I learned so much, not only about you know, running a CBC, but, you know, like you were saying about, about myself as well, about what I'm capable of, um, about like a level of confidence that I can take in supporting other people. And I really enjoyed that process. And like, I, I came in with a background in teaching and education. Uh, I, I trained as a psychotherapist for two years, but chose not to follow that path. And, you know, was never really on fully steady ground with where I stood in supporting other people. But, but coming out of this course now, I actually joined up with one of my instructors uh, and have taken on the, the job of course designer. So I'm, I'm assisting him designing his course. And uh, we're going to launch in, gosh, like two weeks. And then I'll also play course manager. Uh, so, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm learning on the fly as I go there too. Um, but you know, so much of what Maven put forth in, in our course was this like emphasis on active learning. And like you learn by doing, you learn by engaging and talking and like running through exercises. And, and I'm, I'm, the whole thing has kind of shifted my perspective on what it means to build in public and what it means to iterate and to, you know, take it like one step at a time. Like, I mean, I think some of the instructors in our course student instructors would be like shocked to hear us say that like we felt like an imposters and maybe didn't have as much experience as they would have expected but um totally <laughs> i still don't know what i'm doing and i'm loving the process of it i'm figuring it out every day one step at a time yeah maybe maybe we should use it as the promo for their program our coaches have no idea but come anyway <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're learning one step ahead of you. <laughs> it, it develops it develops empathy for them. Um, but uh, Ka- Catherine, what did you think about this idea of around, you know, going through this experience? Has this opened up new ideas for, you know, um, obviously, you know, you're working on some other things and stuff, but um, has it kind of expanded your horizons of, you know what, maybe there's a new tool in my toolbox or, you know what, maybe if I did this a little bit more, I could do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the first thing that I'd like to touch on with what JP was saying was the question that you raised to Rachel about 
what makes, you know, what's the ideal Maven coach? And yeah, sure, she didn't know, but I think what they did really well as a team was to select people with different strengths who, when they came together, worked really, really well. Because I really felt like our coaching cohort was incredible as a team because every one of us had different strengths and we leaned on each other for that, for different stages of Maven. Um, and we looked to each other for, you know, support in so many different areas. And it was just incredible. Like, um, I don't think I've seen, uh, and not having met anyone in person, you know, to be able to establish that rapport and connection and be honest and upfront with all of the coaching people in such a short period of time and then build upon that every single week. I think that was really powerful. And I don't, I mean, I, I know that Rachel would have done that on purpose, but I think that is the power of having that community, you know, being part of that community. And that is you work together to play on your, you know, each other's strengths and together you're like Captain Planet. Do you guys have Captain Planet in America? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I feel like together we're like Captain Planet. Um, and so in terms of the question that you were asking David about, you know, did it open up, you know, new horizons for me. And I think I love everything that JP was saying about like, you get to be the supporter of all of these instructors, you know, you get to kind of push them to the forefront and let them do their thing. And that's what really excites me. And I think it's another domain that I didn't think of. I love being in schools and in high schools, which is my background, because I love being in the background and pushing kids forward to, you know, have their own stage and to showcase what they can do. And I think this is another way to do it on a different stage where I love being in the background and just showcasing every instructor and how awesome they are and creating opportunities for them to really show the world and share that passion. And I, I guess that goes like a full circle, right? You're, you're supporting the students to come out of their shell to do their thing. And then here later on in life, once they do have that passion and expertise about something that they want to share, just because they're not teachers, it doesn't mean they can't teach, right? And so for me, it's about bringing that to light and really showing that, you know, you can be really passionate about what you want to teach and then make people really passionate about learning. I think that's the ultimate goal, right? You're trying to show these people that what you've learned, you can teach to others and it's just the domino effect of, oh my God, I actually really enjoy learning. And it just keeps going and going. So I think that for me is something that I would, you know, if I had the opportunity to, I would totally pursue that because I prefer being in the background and, you know, creating spaces to elevate, you know, the, the instructor. And it's just, to me, the coolest gift is to see them doing their thing to people who genuinely want to be there and learn about what they're talking about. And I guess it touches on all of the themes that we've been talking about here about learning and connection and yeah, just our role. I, I feel personally as, coaches for these people at these instructors at Maven. Well, before sooner than later, there's probably going to be those, who knows, you all have diehard fans more than you expect. And then there's just people that are going to just send you an email and say, when is your course happening, Catherine? So uh, I love how generous and thoughtful you're thinking of like, you know, you want to support, you know, superstar teachers with, with passionate students on that, but who knows, you know, you, you might get surprised. And, and this other thing that I wanted to say was, how we're both kind of, or we're all kind of talking a little bit around like imposter syndrome or not feeling like uh, it was a perfect fit or we weren't entirely sure how it was going to go. I think it's just another just uh, reminder to myself and maybe to other people too, of like, even if like the job description, like doesn't look perfect, or you don't feel like you've got a hundred percent of all the specifications, the requirements, or, you know, don't think you can, you know, those are, those are 
those are that's a wish list, uh, and, and it's not a, like a requirement. But if you're passionate, like we all were, and we're eager about it, and um, you know, and we could convince somebody else like uh, about this, and then that means then as we're talking about, we showed up as as much as we could uh, because we really cared. So I think that that's a, just a good reminder of like even if it doesn't look like it's like perfect for you, but if you want to do it, there, a friend's got this. A friend jokes and says, if you're going to get jealous if somebody else has this job or this role, like you have to apply to that thing, right? It's like whoever then gets that role and you're like, no, that means you should go apply and you should go do that thing. It's like, I mean, obviously it's a little uh, kind of meta to say like, don't do things out of jealousy, but like listen to your body or listen to your intuition on that. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, uh, I, I was reading recently that jealousy is like an indicator of ultimately like what you want and think you're capable of. Right. So I think that's, that's pretty on point. Um, you know, I, I also think one of the things that was really unique about our coaching experience was that the, the subject matter of the course was course building and it brought together a bunch of course builders and, and educators and instructors as coaches and as students. And as inst- it's like, it, it was such a meta experience. Um, and it really felt like there was, there, there were these like multiple levels of like learning enthusiasm. Right. Uh, and then I'm super curious what, coaching is like in other courses that are more like subject specific and you know you shift to a course on making a video essay or investing cryptocurrency or appreciating music and you know the the quality and nature of the coaching will be probably quite different in many ways but then fundamentally also probably very much the same right so yeah i wonder like how how much subject expertise a coach needs to have to be a coach within a course. David, I'm, I'm curious, what's your thoughts on that? Hmm. Um, well, I think either there's probably a, um, and I'm just kind of thinking on the, on the fly here, but there's probably some uh, kind of combination of buckets, whether that's, whether you do have subject matter expertise relationship with the instructor or like some other like unique skill that you could really add that that coach doesn't or that the instructor doesn't have. So maybe something along those, those three areas. And I don't know, maybe there's a fourth, I'm just kind of thinking off the fly here, but like the, you know, the circumstance when I was first a coach, like I, as I mentioned, I was a student right before. So it was like really had just a lot of uh, insights and a lot of perspective on the domain knowledge and on that course you know, knew the instructors, uh, cause I just learned from them, you know, a couple of weeks before. Um, but yeah, I think that that's, that's probably, um, I don't, and I think like what's cool about this is like, it's kind of a little bit all being happening in real time. Like, right. Like you all are pioneers on this. Uh, and I think hopefully we are able to inspire other people that are listening to say, Hey, this is a really cool new course or this instructor, like this is how I could add value to them. So I want to reach out to them. Um, and it, again, don't, it doesn't have to be this perfect fits all the boxes. And, you know, just because there's not that many um, case studies. Yeah, I guess um, building on from what David is saying, 
when we were going through, I guess, our cohort, Maven 2, right, instructors looked to Maven as like, this is the gold star of, you know, what a course would look like. And so I want my coaches. And I think what was a little bit maybe confusing for them was, well, what is the role of my coach? I don't know what it is that I want them to function as. And as you were saying, is it as a complementary role to the instructor where, you know, they have certain skills that the instructor doesn't, or is it, you know, supplementary? Are they elevating or giving more of that particular skill, you know, when the instructors don't have the time to be able to do that? And I think part of, you know, the decision around what kind of coach you're looking for also comes from, well, what outcome do you need from the students? Because Maven was so, in, there was a lot of breadth in what was required from the instructors, you know, from the marketing, from the sales perspective, from the curriculum design. And that, so that was a lot. But I would imagine that some of the other courses thinking about the instructors that it came through Maven, they have a specific outcome, you know, at the end of the three to four weeks. And maybe in those instances where it's really a focus on getting that particular student to that outcome, whether it be, you know, do you understand more about crypto or now do you know how to, you know, use a particular platform or notion, you know, templates to manage your day. Um, I think when the instructors are thinking about, okay, this is the actual outcome I want, I need from all of the students, then we can start thinking about, well, what kind of coach do I need and what kind of expertise or experiences do they need to have to be able to support the students to get there? Could be another way that we could think about, you know, what kind of coach is required here. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'll share that, uh, you know, after I announced on LinkedIn that I was a, a founding coach at Maven, Sounds sounds so fancy. Um, I had a couple of people reach out to me and and ask me some questions, and uh, like a total human, I responded, and we got into some really interesting conversations about course creation and scaling courses and the challenges that course creators face. And then at a certain point, the person I was corresponding with was like, "Oh, well, you know, do you offer consulting?" And I was like, "Oh, um, yes, sure, I do," and. Uh, and so I, you know, I'd say like to anybody who's thinking about embarking on like a coaching journey, um, that it's it's really a fascinating process where like 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 I was saying, like I'm like one step at a time, things are unfolding in real time. And uh and it's this like fascinating process of meeting people and bonding over common interests and and shared processes and expertise. And and I think that there's so much potential for new things to grow and emerge out of that, you know, like that none of us knew each other and, and that we're here having this conversation and who knows what conversation we'll have next month or in five years. It's, it's totally fascinating. That said, I do think that there is a real challenge in this moment of cohort-based courses where instructors are looking for coaches and, and people who want to be coaches, who are suitable coaches, don't really know how to connect with instructors. And, and I think that there's like, there's a networking opportunity there. You know, somebody needs to create like a good coaching database or a, a, one of our coaches was goofing around saying he would start the coach store and you could like go, go shop around for the available coaches. But, but I think, you know, the more people who can like identify themselves as coaches or interested in coaching, the more opportunity there is for instructors to then find them. And, um, and this world, you know, from, I think what we saw in the last couple of months is like, it's growing fast and it's gonna boom. So 
feels like a really good opportunity, good time to get in, uh, you know, in, in any way you can. Yeah. And then on the, on the other side of like, you know, being a coach, I think, you know, is a great way to have a front row seat into, you know, a lot of different dynamics. It's a great way to learn, it's a great way to meet people. Um, it's a great kind of, you know, side gig for your portfolio. Um, and, um, and it can lead to, to other things too. So I think like, you know, if you can try to squeeze it in with, you know, if you got another full-time job or, you know, doing freelancing and you want to freelance, this is a freelance client, so to speak. Um, I think it's a really unique way. And um, I think also it's uh, what we've kind of talked a little bit too. It's like, it's a way to kind of stretch yourself. Like if you see a certain aspect of the, the course that is looking really interesting, or you want to, um, you know, experiment with some different, you know, techniques or, and you think that it could work for the course, like suggest it to the instructor and say, you know, kind of, so there's just a lot of flexibility. And I think like, you know, that's something that's really cool and a great way to, you know, learn and meet a bunch of people and who knows what that turns into. Catherine, um, I see you smiling and not in your head, but, um, any other thoughts on that and, uh, any other kind of, I don't want to say closing, but commencement or, uh, any other things that you think that we've kind of missed a little bit here that you definitely want to touch upon? Uh, JP reminded me, I, I need to update my LinkedIn probably haven't done it since 2005, but, um, <laughs> um, I mean, I guess that the whole experience itself, right. Like was incredible. And I would encourage, you know, not just from a coaching perspective, but people who have the thought of maybe they want to kind of share their knowledge, you know, in a way, in I guess a way that is quite safe. If you think about it, you know, you've got people supporting you as coaches. You've also got people who are genuinely there because they want to learn what you have. Um, I, I really encourage those people to come out and, and do their thing. Um, because as JP was saying, it's it's just like liftoff time for CBCs. And there's a lot of opportunity there as an instructor, as well as as a coach. And I think if, you know, anyone has ever really thought about it, it's now is a really good time to be trying it, especially when you're at the start of the wave and get a few runs on the board so that by the time, you know, this is a really concrete thing for a lot of people, you are almost seen like an expert in the field of developing CBCs and delivering CBCs. So I think everyone has something to teach if they really want to. Um, and there's really no better way, time to try it because there is that wave, as JP was saying, of CBCs and having a lot of fun with that. Yeah. And one other thing too, you mentioned it's a great time for instructors and coaches, but also for students too. I mean, all these new courses that we, we saw, there's probably a lot of other ones. Um, so the ones that we're talking about, you can check out on maven.com, but you know, uh, I think that would be a really cool opportunity, like to be a part of these founding courses or the first cohorts of these courses with these brand new experts, passionate instructors, you know, that's, you know, I said that I became a coach from previously being a student. So similarly for, uh, in these, these programs, I think it's going to be really cool to see the kind of ecosystems and the, the superstar students turned coaches turns who knows. Um, so I think like, I definitely, I'm excited to see and hear stories about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I first discovered Maven cause I was on Tiago Fort's newsletter and listened to a podcast with him and discovered that his business partner, David Perel had been a student 
And, uh, and then eventually the two of them joined up and, and they hired a student named Will Manon to be their like course manager. And, and I know that David Perel hires uh, students out of his course to be coaches. And it feels like there's this kind of like rising tide floats all boats momentum to CBCs and that it has this like really organic growth to it, right? And that like, we're all, you know, reaching down to help one another up and learn more. Um, and I think David, to your point, you know, like one of the things that we haven't really talked that much about is students being, being a student. But I mean, all of this was in service of their learning of, of having them ship courses, build courses, which they're going to go on and offer to more students. Right. So I feel like there's this, you know, really beautiful opportunity to visualize just this like tree growing uh, in this moment of like more and more really engaging, fascinating learning opportunities. And, and what really excites me about the realm of CBCs is that they stand to democratize education, right? That they move out of the like institutional accreditation system, that there's some very forward-thinking instructors who are looking at ways of offering scholarships or ways of uh, exploring parity pricing to, you know, offer comparable pricing based on local currency so that somebody in another country whose economy is not doing as well as the instructor's economy can still afford to attend that class. And uh, I think like the international potential sharing and overlap of knowledge is, is like where this whole world has just so much opportunity to blossom. Cool. All right. Well, I know we could talk for so long and we were talking about, you know, like next conversation in a month or in years from now, but uh, I'm so excited for them. And Catherine JP, this has just been an incredible conversation. Um, Catherine says she needs to update her LinkedIn, but um, what, what ways could people continue to learn from you all? What places could they continue to learn from you all and how can they stay in touch with you all? I'm just trying to think. I don't I don't know. I mean, like if you can Google my name and you can find a contact, I'm sure I'll try and get back to you. I'm just really not good at um, responding to LinkedIn. Um, but, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, anything that you can find me on, I will try my best to get back to you and share and help in any way I can. Yeah, I'll confess. I don't feel like I have a very um, updated online presence. In fact, like I, I really built my LinkedIn right at the moment that I joined Maven was like, I see a good opportunity here. Uh, that said, uh, I, I'm an artist and an educator, so I do have a personal website, jpking.ca. I'm on Instagram at jpk.ing. And um, I ha have been in the background this whole time writing short articles about course creation and curriculum design, and I'm planning on launching a newsletter and blog about that. Uh, so stay tuned, and you'll find out more when it launches. Boom. Can't wait. Awesome. <laughs> thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. Have a lovely one. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hey, friend. Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. Would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Um, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.